feel your joy, joy in the Lord. Oh, now, Jake, oh, I joy, joy. God we serve, I think, in C. I'm sorry, F. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. The angels bow before Him. God we serve, and Jesus is the God The angels bow before Him, heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, now what a mighty God we serve. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. I'm 
Changing. 
here we want to remember brother tim and sister joanne ashong uh, they're not with us they have had to travel to connecticut so we just want to remember them uh, also continue to remember brother troy hughes and um, just remember him and the family and sister connie uh, also we just want to continue to remember sister hannah whitlock she's uh, still not feeling well so i just remember her as well um, and also please remember my grandmother sister shirley she's uh possibly going to go to the doctor tomorrow, so we just want to remember her as well. Uh, that is all the prayer requests though, that I have written down here, so uh, I know we all have unspoken prayer requests, and the Lord knows that need, so just by the lifting of your hand, I know I have them. Uh, so, uh, Brother Chris, if you would come forward and pray with tithes and offering and uh, the prayer requests as well. Heavenly Father, we just thank you once again for this opportunity, Lord, to come to your house, Lord, to be with precious believers, and Lord, to come together in one place to hear your word and to draw closer to you. Father, we've heard the needs tonight, Lord, there are many that are traveling, many that are unwell, and Lord, we also want to remember the the believers over in Malawi, Lord, we've heard about the natural disasters over there and the plight of the people. We just ask that you would be merciful to each one who's brought a need and Lord, we ask that you'd be with your minister tonight. Lord, be with the word as it's brought forth and draw us closer to you tonight is our prayer. Father, we ask you bless the offering tonight. Be with the gift and the giver and the intended use. We thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. I'll go ahead and have you remain standing, and uh, we'll just move on into the service here. Uh, Let's sing that song, I Saw Love, Mercy, and Grace. I saw love, mercy, and grace, and I saw
have your way. As we open up this evening here, I'd like to just offer a word of prayer as we begin uh, this morning and then uh, this evening, and then we'll let you take your seats. Certainly good to be back. Certainly uh, an honor to be here again with you, and I appreciate you coming out tonight to be here. So let's begin with a word of prayer uh, this, this evening. Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence tonight, we are mindful, Lord, of our need of you. And Lord, in so many ways, when we look at ourselves, Lord, there's so many ways we would desire to improve and, Lord, to do things better. And Father, we've walked with you many, many years. And Lord, our, our desire, Lord, still, to, still tonight is, Lord, just take my life and use us, use me, Lord. And all these people, I believe, Lord, say the same thing from their heart, that we just want to be used of you. We, we want to offer you, Lord, all of the faculties and the gifts and talents you've given to us. And just say, come, Lord Jesus, and just receive us like an offering and consume us, Lord. And so that it wouldn't be us, but it would be you expressing yourself to this world. Have your way now, we pray. Forgive us of anything that would hinder the moving of the Holy Spirit tonight. And Lord, we have many things that we desire to commit into your hands. Speak to us now, we pray, Lord. And Father, quicken the word to every heart, we pray. This is your word and this is, these are your people. And I pray you'd bring the two together. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And amen, praise the Lord. Let's sing that little chorus just one time. Have, have your way. Yes, have your way.
standing tonight, take your Bibles, if you will. We'll look in the scripture first of all and let our musicians take their places tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 4, and we'll begin at verse 1. When you get it, say amen. Say this after me. I love my Bible. I read my Bible. Let's read tonight. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord of your fathers giveth you. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. May the Lord add his blessing. Keep your Bible open, and you may be seated. I made it back, and uh, we had just a wonderful time. I'm going to show you a couple of pictures uh, of that trip tonight, but I want to just do this first of all, and uh, just share some of the news of the situation over there in Malawi. Before we get into that, uh, we have our sign-up sheet that's still in the library for the Joy Dinner. And uh, if you haven't signed up and you're going to sign up, it's a great help to those that are working and preparing the meal if we know how many are going. So uh, we would appreciate you signing up. Uh, We also, too, um, I wanted to say this. We have a new, uh, there's a a phrase that uh, all the young people know. And that is that no matter what you do these days, no matter what you do, whatever you want to do, there's an app for that, right? It's an app for everything. And so we have a new app for our directory. And uh, we'll still have the old directory, but we have a new app for uh, our directory. And all of our information is already put in that app. We're going to uh, give you some details on Sunday so that you can log into that and uh, enter into your section for your family. And um, uh, you have at your fingertips just for our, our church. It's only accessible for our church. And you'll be able to access uh, people and their phone numbers and so forth uh, so that we would have that uh, you know, digital so we can have it with us. And uh, we appreciate Sister Chanel and Jeremy and uh, those that have helped get that together. So we'll have that for you, and that will make, uh, hopefully, things a little easier to be able to access a directory. Also, as well, um, you've noticed with Brother and Sister Drum, uh, they're still being very careful about uh, being out in public and being in crowds and their concern, and it's all about the uh, white blood cell count versus the red blood cell count, and uh, Brother uh, Joe is, you know, still under the doctor's care for uh, the condition that he has, and so uh, that's that's an issue for them. So they're not here as much. They're streaming, but they're not here as much. Sister Frida still has the problem with her eye, and uh, it's very difficult for her to look a long time at the screen. And every morning she wakes up, she's reminded of the fact that that's still there, that spot that's still there in her left eye. And uh, so it's been a real, real trial for them. As a result, Sister Frida, uh, I gave her uh, this option of whether she wanted to hand back the, 
the bookkeeping and, and the accounting work that she does for the church. She has done that faithfully for years and years and did a, a tremendous job and was very faithful, very consistent uh, over those uh, years. Never had to think about it at all because Sister Frida had it, uh, had it down pat. But now because it's hard for her to look at the screen, uh, I gave her the option to give that back to us so that she wouldn't have to have that uh, weekly burden of doing that. Brother Chris Clavel has stepped up to the plate and uh, helped us to do that and, and helped uh, you know, uh, uh, keep that uh, momentum going and is doing a tremendous job. And we certainly do appreciate uh, his dedication to that. Uh, and uh, that's just one of the things that he's good at and he can do that uh, very quickly. So uh, we really do appreciate that help. So if you have, uh, sometimes I know that people have receipt, a receipt and they want to get reimbursement and all that, that's, that's not a problem. Just see Brother Chris. He's got signing authority on that account so that he can uh, do a reimbursement. So he's the person that you'd want to see in order to get that done. Okay, or you can always see me or uh, one of the trustees and we'll make sure that that, uh, that happens. Okay. So just wanted to update you on that. Uh, <clears throat> over the last week or so, especially uh, the area of Mozambique, Malawi, and part of Zimbabwe have been struck by Cyclone Freddie. It is a really extraordinarily different storm. It was a storm that formed in a part of the Indian Ocean and moved away from that uh, part of southern Africa and then moved back and made a beeline. And it's one. it has... Statistically, it has a lot of the most interesting numbers, they say, that are ever recorded on Earth before in terms of a cyclone. And it hit certain parts of uh, Malawi and caused uh, tremendous destruction, destruction beyond anything I've ever seen. I saw videos this week that I, uh, I you know, as a, as a pastor, travel the world, uh, let me tell you, you think you've seen it all. And I saw videos this week that I, uh, I'm not going to show you, uh, but they, they just really took my breath away uh, of you know, people dying and the destruction, and it was just un- unbelievable. Part of the reason why we're concerned about this is because uh, up to now, we know that uh, the count is 16 believers who've, who've perished in this, and one of them is a child. Um, and the families obviously are devastated. We have built a warehouse in Malawi. We've opened up that warehouse now for a refuge or a shelter for believers uh, in that southern part of Malawi who are able now to go in there and dry out uh, because it's still raining, uh, believe it or not. There was a way, there was landslides, and all of that mud and water and rock came down forcefully and wound up coming into the low places, the, the valleys and the rivers, and uh, the destruction was uh, just absolutely incredible. And uh, so we're assisting uh, the people over there. Uh, we are, um, we're able to, we've, I've already sent a little bit of aid over there for people to buy blankets and uh, uh, Brother Precious is helping us out here. We're probably going to take our truck and go to an area where you can still purchase those supplies and especially plastic uh, tarps, sheets of plastic, and uh, bring those supplies back into uh, southern Malawi so that they can distribute it among the believers there. Uh, so this is this is kind of an ongoing thing, and I'm going to solicit the help of Brother Aaron to help uh, get this done. And uh, when something like this happens... Um, you go to an area that's not devastated, 
buy what you can, bring it back to an area that is devastated, because in the devastated areas, the price skyrockets for essential supplies like bottled water uh, or plastic tarps or blankets uh, and basic food necessities like rice. If you have rice stored and you have a flood, uh, it ain't good. And so we've done this before. We've done it in uh, Kenya. We've done it in Tanzania and Uganda and uh, been able to go to areas where they have plenty and bring it to areas where they have nothing. And uh, so for uh, this, is, there's an extensive array of pictures and film clips that we have on our website. So that's where you want to go. I'm only going to show you a couple here tonight. But that's where you want to go to see the latest and, and the things that um, are, uh, are, are needed. Uh, I would love to be able to go. Uh, I don't think that's going to help much. But I would love to go. I would love to be able to send supplies. But if we're going to send supplies, it would be an enormous cost to get them there quickly. And it would be too slow if we put them on a boat. Uh, so we're going to do what we can in the region with brothers we know to help coordinate uh, ministering to these people here. Uh, you'll, if you go to CNN or you go to, uh, I sent you a couple of news links today. You can uh, look at those and see some of the images uh, that are there, but um, these are some of the pictures that the pastors took over there and showed me because these are the homes of believers uh, or the places where homes stood. Uh, in the background there, you can see the river, and I've seen lots of pictures of this river over the last few days. It's just absolutely horrendous. Now, in, in a situation like this where the rivers come through, part of the house is gone. Uh, it's just been swept away. So what they're asking for, what the people are asking for, is a sheet of plastic that they can put over the top of the house, and they'll still live in there, uh, but uh, they want to keep the rain out. And uh, you can imagine how incredibly uh, dangerous that must be to be in a building like this, because it's still raining. And so that river can crest and, and sweep through again, and they're all still in the house there. So uh, these are all believers that you're seeing in most of these pictures here. So these are, again, these are the homes of of believers and uh, all of their belongings, everything else has been swept away. So this is the area that we're talking about. And uh, I was trying to get one that showed the path of the cyclone itself uh, because it it was really strange how it moved in a certain direction and then looped around and moved back again into that area and caused all the destruction. So, uh, you know, we live like a... uh, when you start to think about this, you know, why would it happen? Uh, our world is falling apart. And uh, it's like the grace of God is lifting off our world because it's heading towards tribulation. And uh, there are not many other answers. There's not many other really sensible answers that I can give you uh, except that, uh, you know, it's just, just incredible, uh, uh, incredible hardship. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, I just feel like whatever we can do to help them, it would be great. So you can see Malawi. It's kind of the little vertical country that's embedded in the yellow. And the yellow is Mozambique. Uh, and this, uh, this cyclone came across the Mozambique Channel, across Mozambique, the southern part of, uh, of Malawi, and touched the top of uh, Zimbabwe there. And uh, so we're, the other countries have not sustained as much damage, but... Uh, Malawi has, and that's one of the rivers there where uh, the believers are in southern, um, in southern Malawi. So I, I'm going to show you 
Uh, this is a note from one of the pastors there. And he says, Shalom, man of God. This evening I was hearing bad news that uh, some brothers have been victims to Cyclone Freddy in Blantyre and Zambal. And they said brothers don't have, uh, they don't have where to sleep due to the elapsing, and that's the collapsing of the houses, and some are being kept in brothers' houses. And they're trying to find plastic papers or tarps uh, in order, uh, by closing the broken side, especially to those houses that have not fully collapsed. So that's what they're, that's what they're asking for. So far, two families in Sochi houses have uh, collapsed, and unfortunately one child died. And that Pastor Joel uh, Mole. There are 16 families affected in their uh, church at Blantyre and 10 families at Zomba, uh, but no death report. And they really solicit prayers and support from the saints. Uh, so this was a, an area where there was a lot of people died, and the police are in the background here. Uh, I've, I've seen multiple pictures here of the police uh, going into the ruins of houses and, and uh, pulling people out. And uh, this is an area kind of like where a, a mudslide took place. So these boulders and stuff are all pieces of the mountain that came down. And then uh, you can click this one. Luke, you can play that one. I don't know if, yeah. So this will give you an indication of what it's like when the mud slides. Not exactly what you want to be in the path though. Vuta matope Agubwela kwa gumuka kandu kupiri kaya And how do you defend yourself against that, you know? Uh, it's, just, it's just incredible. So the next one, we're going to show you just a little intro of this video. I'm not going to show you the whole thing because I don't want it to be too uh, disturbing here. But we're just going to show you a couple of seconds. And this is people trying to cross uh, what is probably a river. And uh, they're, they're trying to make their way across here. And the river just becomes too difficult for them to cross. But uh, uh, just play a couple of seconds there, Luke, if you will. Okay. So, uh, unfortunately, these people are, you know, they're swept along. And uh, it, it becomes pretty tragic for uh, the people there. So uh, that's, that's, just pretty, that's just pretty rough. So, uh, again, uh, you can go to our website that has uh, lots of information there and some updates. And as they're coming in uh, from the brothers over there, we're just trying to pass that along. And, and if you don't mind, there's, there's really not a great deal we can do. If, if somebody wants to give an offering, they can do that. You can do that here. You can do that on the website. Uh, but they're, they're asking for prayer and, uh, you know, just... Not only, not only to get through it uh, and that the rain would stop, but then you have to pick up the pieces and, and go again. And uh, this is when the body needs to pray because these are believers just like us and uh, they certainly need our prayers. So just a couple of pictures of hungry here. I wanted to lighten it up just a little. Uh, when I was over in uh, Hungary, I, I greeted the saints on Sunday morning. I spoke in eight different languages because I know good morning in lots of languages. And uh, I spoke uh, to the different ones that were there. It was really a, a great experience. Some people that I had known who I had, hadn't seen in a number of years and then some people who I uh, finally met. And uh, they communicated with me by um, 
by email before, and it was really nice to be able to uh, go there. So when I was preaching, I had to preach over, uh, I think, six different interpreters who were in the audience, and uh, they were interpreting uh, as I was speaking, and, and one of them was sitting right in the very front row, right in front of me here, so I had to talk loud the whole time. We had scheduled uh, four meetings, but they wanted to put in an extra one uh, for ministers, so uh, I spoke five times from Friday night to Sunday morning, and uh, it was, but it was, it was just a, a wonderful atmosphere among them with all those people all gathered in that same place, and um, it was a real blessing. So I just wanted to show you a couple of uh, slides here. That's the pastor and his wife uh, over on the left side over here, and their little daughter, and then uh, that's the, in the service there, and I was, uh, the interpreter happened to be the closest person to me, so I worked him over a little bit and uh, got on his back there. But uh, it was, he was a great interpreter. He did a great job. And then uh, we got together with the ministers. So these were the uh, ministers who were there. Now, some of you will recognize Brother Paulo. He's the fourth from uh, the right over here. And Brother Paulo is our lead translator from Portugal. And he came over with his brother Daniel and was with us there uh, in the meeting. And Brother, da- brother Paulo, uh, he's the person who uh, does the translation using AI, artificial intelligence. And he's master, he's a, he's a uh, computer engineer, so he understands how this works. And he trained the artificial intelligence app to be able to understand Brother Bram's language. He fed 100 messages into the system. And then he translated another 150, so he had 250 sermons, and fed those back into the database as well so that uh, this computer understands how Brother Bram speaks. And so I did an interview with him where he explained how that works, and we're going to put that on the website as well. And uh, it, was, it's, it was fascinating. He took a passage of Brother Bram's message and plugged it into the uh, system on his, on his laptop, and it spit out a translation. He had to make a couple of, uh, like, um, there was uh, an extra space in there and a, uh, a period, I think, that needed to be inserted. But otherwise, it was perfect. And he did it in about eight seconds. Uh, it was just absolutely amazing. So he churns out uh, over a message a week in Portuguese. And uh, he's way ahead of most any translator in the world. And I wanted him to explain to us laymen how that, that actually works. And uh, I, I, got, I captured it on video, so we're going to try to get that to you. It's really interesting. So this is the group shot uh, of, of the believers there, and uh, I could go through names, but uh, I, I, I won't. And so uh, sometime, if we have an opportunity, that would be a great place for, uh, for a, a group of young people to go and visit over there because they had about half of the people uh, in, the, in the meeting were young people, and it was, uh, they were just keen. They were just uh, really excited and, and uh, sang uh, half the songs they sang were Paula Fontaine, numbers and uh, i was sitting in the church i was texting paul and i took a little clip and i said they're singing this song they're singing this song and i told i gave him permission to sing and to sell it and make royalties and keep the money i said that's all right and uh he kept writing back to me and saying that's my song that's my song uh but uh they were uh they were just uh, really excited to be in service and be in the meeting because they don't they were shut down pretty tightly during the covid years and so uh they were just excited to be there and uh it was it was uh, just a great blessing uh for the believers there 
All right, I've taken enough time, so let's look in the Word tonight, and we'll continue our study here on the things that adoption teaches us. And we're going to deal with this subject again. The bride will eventually learn the Father's way. And uh, I want to give you a biblical example of this here today. And then uh, this morning, partly because uh, I'm still lagging, uh, I woke up early this morning and I was just laying there, and uh, the Lord gave me three things to pass along to you tonight. And so uh, I couldn't get these off my mind. I went and looked them up uh, in, the, in the message and in the scripture. And uh, so I just want to share these with you tonight and insert them here as we go forward. And I trust that it'll be a help to somebody. Now, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 4 again. I've quoted from this many times. Deuteronomy is the book that Jesus quotes from most when he refers to the, uh, first to the Old Testament or the law. And this is, <clears throat> this is now, and I want you to understand uh, the, the, the message or the purpose behind Deuteronomy. It is actually a prophet who is shaping the thinking of a people who are moving into a place they've never been. That's what this is. This is uh, God using a prophet as a spokesman here to, to change the way people think about things because when we move into the promised land, we're going to live a certain way. So God was actually, uh, there's, a, there's a two-part process in this. And that is a letting go of the thinking that you already have and then adopting this other way of thinking. So this is the way you're doing it now. This is the way God wants it done. This is the way you think now. This is the way we're going to do it in the promised land. This is the law, and this is the way we're going to apply it over here. And, and Deuteronomy is filled with that. And, and God is saying, if you do this, then this will happen in the land. If you don't do this, this is what's going to happen in the land. And it's a book of instruction, really. It's a book of uh, enlightenment for the people. But most importantly, and because we're talking about adoption and how God uh, trains people to think God's way so that they would do things like the Father, this is actually God changing of a people who are en route. They're on the way. They're not there yet, but they're on the way. And God wants to fill them with a specific type of understanding, specific type of knowledge before they get there. And I want to announce to you tonight, if you haven't figured it out yet, that's exactly what God's doing right now. God sent a prophet in the last day to give us a message that changes the way we think about everything because we're going to live differently in that land to come. God is not training you to live here. He's not training you to remain here and live better. He's training you to reign in another kingdom. So we're being trained to reign. We're being trained to, uh, to uh, live on, on the throne with him uh, forever on the other side. And this is how God is actually doing it. He sent a prophet and brought us so many wonderful things that we can... Uh, I, I was listening to Brother Matt Watkins as I was coming down the road here today. And first chance I've had, I, I landed on uh, Monday night about 2 a.m., got up uh, Tuesday morning and just started right in and uh, haven't stopped since. But I was listening today as I was coming down the road uh, to Brother Matt Watkins for a while, and uh, it, it was just amazing as I was listening to him talk about uh, how even things that Brother Brandon said in the early years, how fruitful or how ripened or mature they are now. They're like, uh, they're not like the, you know, the, the fruit that you go and buy in the store, and, it, and it's supposed to be soft, but it sounds like this when you tap it. Uh, 
Like the hardest material known to man is avocados that you can buy at Trader Joe's. And it's just, you know, it's been, it's been frozen in some sort of a cooler for probably 10 years. And, you know, it sounds like this and it shouldn't sound like that. But it's, it's just absolutely amazing uh, how, how great uh, any part of the message is now. You, you can take almost any part of it and, and it just it tastes wonderful. And, and you walk away and you feel like, oh, that was so good. That was so, that, that, that fed me, that nourished me. Because, uh, it, and it's not because we're becoming better preachers. I would rather counter that and say we're becoming older and forgetful and uh, not as sharp as we used to be. But it, it's, it, it isn't about me at all. And it isn't about personalities at all. It's about what God has allowed the Word to become. It's become more more. Uh, more ripe, more perfect, more, uh, more what it's supposed to be in the first place. And God knew what he was doing in allowing the word just to uh, carry on through time. And our understanding grows to the place where we, we kind of recognize and value the true beauty of the word in the first place. And, and God's allowed us to do that. I mean, we are a very privileged age to have that, uh, to have that, uh, opportunity. But now, let's, let's go down in, in the book of Deuteronomy here, just so we get the, the, the idea here. And he articulates it very well in chapter four. Behold, I have taught you, verse five, I'm in verse five, I've taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God, uh, commanded me, that ye should do so in the land whither you go to possess it. So I'm teaching you this now, so that you can apply it there, and keep therefore, and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great? Think about this. This is what Moses said. What nation, what people has had the opportunity to have God so nigh to them as the Lord our God in all things that we call upon him for. And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgments as, as so righteous as all this law which I set before you to this, this day? What, what, what other people have had this kind of privilege where they're privy to the mind of God and the mysteries that have been sealed up through the ages? What other people do you know that have this kind of insight into the Bible, in this understanding, this grasp of spiritual things? Where God has broken them to us and, and kind of opened up the, uh, opened up the, the seal package here. Tell me what other people, what other, where can you go? In other words, if you, if you left this church and you walked away from the message, God forbid, and, and went to another place, not, not that that makes us somehow proud or, uh, haughty or arrogant about it, but I mean, uh, you, you think about the grace of God that has allowed us to see and understand what we understand. Why me? Why us? And, and where could we go to find such blessings and such insight into the Word of God as, as what God has bestowed upon us? It's only His grace that has allowed that to happen. And, and God has made it so abundantly clear to us. And only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest thou depart from thy heart all the, all, they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons, especially the day that thou stoodst before the Lord God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the day of their life and shall live upon the earth that they may teach them to their children. So God says, what other, Moses says, what other people have been privileged like this? But you know what? With that privilege comes a responsibility that you've been, you've been, you've been shown something. You've been given something that no other nation has. Hey, I got a piece of advice for you. Don't forget it. 
Because God is not only a God of grace and a God of revelation and a God of great understanding and a God of, a God of dispensations and a God who uh, reveals everything just in the right time and the right place through the right vessel and everything else, but he's also still all the other things that God is and that he's a judge and he's a, he's a righteous judge and he's one that uh, knows when people take advantage of grace. And so you don't want to be falling into that trap. You want to be mindful of everything that God has done and be thankful for that. Be continually thankful thankful for that. And I was, uh, when I was away in Hungary, I was dealing with this idea of thankfulness a lot and trust in God. And uh, the people really rejoiced over that uh, whole idea. So what Brother Branham says now in, in the message fellowship, he said, today Christianity, the reason Christianity isn't about the fifth place among religions. So in the, in the, the ranking of religions and how many people uh, as, as uh, attending uh, Christian churches and so forth, and he said, just in terms of numbers, is because the reason that it's fifth is because we failed to do what Jesus commanded us to do. It should be first. Right? I mean, God, God is making these words so real. It should be first. And, and he says, but the reason that it's not is because people have failed to do what Jesus commanded us to do. And people have, some people have said, well, it means this, and some people have gone this way, and some people have, you know, interpreted that way. Oh, uh, you, you know, you, you need to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and this other way. And there's, there's, there's confusion that surrounds it. But he said, the word is a seed, and the word won't grow unless it's placed in the right kind of ground. And every word of God is a seed. Every promise of God will come to pass. If you'll receive it, don't doubt it. Place it in your heart. Believe it came from God, water it with faith, and it'll spring forth of its kind. That's a great piece of advice here. So notice what he says again. Every promise of God, say every promise. Every promise of God will come to pass if you'll receive it, don't doubt it, place it in your heart, believe it come from God, water it with faith, and it'll spring forth of its kind. You don't need to make it work. You just need to receive it, believe it, embrace it, and watch what God does with it. You, do, you are not responsible for bringing this word to pass. You're not responsible for improving the word of God. It's good enough. It's perfect. It is an expression of the mind of God. But you do have to embrace it. You've got to believe it. You've got to say amen to it. You've got to raise your hand and say, hallelujah, praise God. Thank God I'm one of them. You've got to do that. And you've got to place it in your heart and believe it comes from God. Water it with faith and watch what God does. God will bring it to pass in your life. And then he says, if you plant corn, you get corn. If you want to be saved, accept his plan of salvation. It's got to be his plan. And in other words, he's telling us to take things back to the word of God. Take things back to the absolute. If you want to be healed, accept his plan of healing. He, Christ, was wounded for our transgressions and with his stripes we are healed. And he says, that's all you have to know. That's all you have to know. And the next thing you have to do is believe it and it will take care of itself. The next thing you have to do is believe it, and it'll take care of itself. My goodness, what a blessing to have a word that takes care of itself. You got an instruction manual that when you read it and believe it and say amen at the end of it, all you need to do is just hang on to it, and you know what? It's going to do what it's supposed to do. That's, that's just, uh, to me, that's a real blessing. That's really great. 
So now, as we read in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, let's just go down to chapter 33, if you don't mind, sorry, verse 33, if you don't mind here. And, and Moses reiterates again, this, we're all in, in the same chapter here. Did ever a people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire, as thou hast heard and lived? Or has God essayed or tried to go and take him a nation from the midst of another nation by temptations and signs and wonders and by war and by mighty hand and a stretched out arm and great terrors, according to all of the Lord God did for you. You ever seen a nation, uh, you know, pull extracted out of another nation that didn't want to let them go, and every one of them come out, and they lost nobody, they lost nothing, they left nothing behind, and they were completely victorious without lifting a, a, a sword. They never lifted a gun. They never they never fought back. They never had to physically confront any kind of Egyptian at all. But they just walked out in victory, and they walked out in in rows. They walked out in tribes, and, and they left that nation that tried to hold them in bondage. You ever seen another? a nation like that? That's what he's asking them there. You ever seen a nation that got, uh, that, that had the Lord go before them so obviously that this could not have happened except God be with us? You ever seen a nation like that? Now you remember now, uh, God is not just speaking to them. God's also speaking to us. Have you ever seen a group of people that have come out from denominations and come out from the world and come out from drugs and come out from prostitution and come out from all walks of life and all corners of life and come out and, and, and stand on the Word of God and still be standing on the Word of God? It's not you that did that. It's Christ in you that does that. It's not you standing and it's not you strong and it's not you figuring it all out and it's not you finally, uh, you know, developing muscles that keeps you on the straight and narrow. Let me tell you, every day you ought to be saying, thank you, Lord, for keeping me on the straight and narrow. Because it's not you, it's Christ in you that keeps you on the straight and narrow. Which, But where, where have you seen a people? And, and listen, we are a people that essentially live without much persecution, except from you know within. But we don't have much persecution from the outside. These are people through the ages that uh, they were hunted, they were burned at the stake, uh, their neighbors and children were killed, uh, they were hauled off into captivity. All kinds of things happen to people through the ages. And you know what? That body still thrives. That body still lives. That chain of, of, of generations still stands tonight. And it is by the grace of God in harder times than what we live in and in harder times than what we're coming to. And yet God, by his grace, still says, there's my bride. In every age, you could say, there's my bride. There's my bride. There's the people that won't back down. There's the people that won't compromise. There's the people that uh, believe it with all their heart and are willing to even die for it. Where else have you seen a people like that? A people that don't, uh, don't, don't believe according to the political winds that blow. We're not like the Southern Baptist who, and it's funny, I had a lot of questions about the Southern Baptist after I mentioned that the other day. But uh, and <laughs> it'd be a complete waste of time for you to go and research what's happening in the, in the Southern Baptist Convention. But I will tell you this, that if, if the church, if our church ever starts to bow to the pressure of the cosmos and say, uh, we're going to shift our doctrine because we think it'd be more politically correct to do this versus this right here. And yeah, we know Brother Branham said that, but we're going to just here because we don't want to lose the young people or the crowds. We're sunk. The moment we do that, we're sunk. Brother Bram said the very hour you mention denomination, that hour you die. And so uh, this, this is not what this is about at all. And, and Moses is reminding the people, hey, look at this group of people. Uh, look at who they are. And in verse 37, and because he loved thy fathers, therefore he chose their seed after them. Because he loved thy fathers. Therefore, he chose their seed after them. 
and brought thee out in his sight with his mighty power out of Egypt to drive out nations from before thee greater and mightier than thou art, to bring them in and to give thee their land for an inheritance as it is this day. And know therefore this day and consider it in thine heart that the Lord he is God in heaven above and upon the earth and there is none else. Thou shalt keep therefore the statutes and commandments which I command thee this day that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth which the Lord thy God has given thee and so forth. And so this is exactly what God is trying to tell them that uh, this, is, this is God's design and this is not just happening to this generation. This is happening because God loved other generations and now you're the fruit of that uh, fruit of that generation and your children also you're you're among the people that are going in you're among the group that are actually going to cross over and come back to the land that god promised father abraham 400 years ago get ready this is happening this is what this is nobody's going to stop it i got your back i got your front i'm going to lead you i'm not going to forsake you i'm going to get you into the promised land somebody ought to say amen listen that's exactly what this is this that exodus and this exodus are really in, in a sense in principle they're no different and this is what god saying i brought you through the ages a lot of people uh you know died for the faith all through there uh and 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 you're living in a, in one of the worst of times because the whole thing is falling down around you we live in, in a babylon that's actually fairly nice and uh we we got a lot of people that are swayed and pulled and have all kinds of ideas and they're working on your mind they're working on your body or working on your flesh but you know what i go i'm going ahead of you and i'm behind you and i'm with you and i'll be in you and i'm going to show you the way and look all you need to do is rest in my leadership and i'm going to get you there i've i've already committed myself to that and you've got to learn to trust in that and you've got to learn to rest in my leadership because i said i'd never leave you nor forsake you i mean it's really in principle it's absolutely no different than the way that it was now brother bram said now here's a caution he said many times people gets all impressions and things like that and what the best of their mental can think and that ain't always true and he says, you've got to watch this because people, well, look at the paragraph again. Many times people get all excited. They can, they can be in a meeting where the Spirit of God is moving and they can get all excited and think, well, this is what God wants me to do and this is what God's telling me to do. And with the best of their mental, they're not being evil here, but they're doing this with the best of their mental abilities, can figure out, but that ain't always true. And here's where real excellent discernment kicks in. You have to be careful about what you feel versus what God is actually saying. And he says, now wait till he tells you and you know it, then you've got exactly. We're like, we're like Brother Paulo's computer. In a sense, we're kind of trained to figure out what that sentence actually means. You wait till he tells you and then you, then you know. Then you have assurance. Then you got it just exactly. I know what God's told me to do. Because revelation's a powerful thing. And God's the author of Revelation. And it's not that people don't get ideas. That's what he's telling us. Lots of people around you will have ideas. But that's different than the true revelation from God. How do I know it's a true revelation from God? Because it dovetails with the Word. It's not going to be contrary from the Word. And that's, what, that's, that's the beauty of having an absolute that we trust. Now he says, you don't have to guess about it. He done told you. It's thus saith the Lord. You don't have to guess about it. It's thus saith the Lord. Then he has told you, then you can go say what he said. And until then, you remember Brother Branham, and he helps us understand this through examples. But he said, if God told me to go down to the grave of Abraham Lincoln and call for him, he said, I'd get all the reporters to come. Because if God actually told me that, and he didn't, but if he did, I would have every confidence that God is going to bring his word to pass. And I would tell everybody, I'd be sure of it if God told me. 
And a prophet is trained to listen for the voice of God. But because he's lifted up into those realms all the time, he's got to constantly be checking everything by the Word of God. And that's what he taught us to do. And then Brother Branham also adds this part, which I never knew. But Brother Branham said that uh, prophets look at the prophets that have gone before them and what they said. So, for instance, when Joseph was laying on his deathbed in, in Egypt, you remember that? And he told his sons, don't leave me here when I die. Take me back up to where Abraham and Sarah are buried. You know why? Because Job said there'd be a resurrection there. So Brother Bram said what, what Joseph's actually doing is looking at the promise, but he's looking also at what the other prophets said. Because they know that if God said it to me and God said it to Job, the same God that said it to me is the same one that said it to Job. And I've learned to trust this God, therefore I'm going to trust what Job said. So you understand, Brother Branham, when, when Brother Branham was, uh, you know, beyond the curtain in time, and he said, I want to go a little bit higher, remember that? And uh, the voice told him, he said, no, be a little bit later. He said, uh, you know, all the, all the other people from all the other ages are going to be over there. And Brother Branham says, well, he said, you mean Paul made it? And he said, they said, yes, Paul made it. And he said, glory to God. Well, if Paul made it, he said, then I've made it. Why? Because he's not indifferent to what that prophet said. So a prophet actually does this. He's looking at what God says, but he's also looking at what these prophets say. And the insight that prophets have is a little bit different than how we, we view it. But nonetheless, he's telling us that there's all kinds of impressions that people have. There's all kinds of thoughts that people have. And unfortunately, a lot of people's minds, like I've said before, are like concrete. They're thoroughly mixed up and permanently hardened. And you're never going to get them to change. And the problem with that is that when they become really arrogant, uh, they, they become unapproachable. And you're not going to get them to change at all. And so I know we don't have any of those here, but I'm just, Brother Bram is saying that when people get ideas about things and they get really enthused about things and they get thinking, uh, they're surrounded by friends who are, are the type who would agree with them, you know what? Uh, there's, there's no check in that word by the absolute and it becomes a problem. But he says, then he has told you, and then you go with what he said. When you know God has told you, he said, then you go with what he said. And until then, you can go and do everything you can, do what you can yourself, but you can't be sure until God said so, but then you're positive. He has told you, you can go with what he said. And until then, you can go and do everything you can, and do what you can yourself, but you can't be sure until God has said so. So even the best intentions are still just best intentions at the end of the day. I want to be working in the will of God. I want to be doing what God wants me to do. I, I, want to, I want to talk to you a little bit more about parenting and the principle of parenting. And I will tell you something. When you figure out that you as a parent are an ambassador, not an owner, you're going to have a whole lot easier time parenting your children. You are an ambassador. You are, God has sent uh, these children to you or child to you. And you are an ambassador. You're a representative of another kingdom to shape these children. You're only going to do that temporarily. You do not own them. When you, when you adopt that attitude of an ambassador, life becomes a whole lot easier. And we'll talk about that. Uh, it's very important. So you want to be sure uh, that you're positive of what God's leading you to do. So when I came here to this church, for instance, when I came here, uh, there was nothing in the senses that told me this was a good move. Matter of fact, even Sister Faye Coffey told me, she said, man, it'd be a fool to move here. 
She said, but all, all the other churches around, all the other doctrines around, everybody leaving this place, and it was true. Everybody was leaving this church because there was no pastor and it had gone on too long. And, uh, it, you know, it just was fading out. And they were thinking about, you know, disbanding the church because it was just a handful of people here and sell it, you know, and pay off the mortgage and so forth, and it'll be done. And she said to me, she said, a man will be a fool come here. I said, you're looking at every man's fool right here. The rest is history. Because you have to know what God's telling you. And then you had to be willing to step out on that. But unless you know that God has told you to do something, you know what? You're going to do everything you can to try to make it work. And he says you do everything you can, do what you can yourself. But you can't be sure until God has said so. And because when you make a decision, like I made a decision to come here and pastor the church, it's not that Satan's not going to try that. It's not that Satan's going to roll over and say, oh, wow, Brother Barry took to church. You know what? I might as well move on, pick out some young guy and, you know, uh, torment somebody else. He doesn't do that. He fights just as hard, even harder. And your decisions are tried, even though you're acting in the will of God. But I will tell you something. If you're not acting in the will of God, you don't know what God has told you, then you're going to be eventually knocked off because the winds will blow and the house not build on the solid foundation. Right? Everybody okay? So that's what teaching is about. Teaching is about sorting out the things you think and the things that God has said. And, and, and what, what Deuteronomy tells us very clearly is that, hey, listen, God has given you resources. God has given you understanding. And no other nation really has been treated like this uh, through the ages. So you, you really are a blessed people. Now, another quote. Brother Bram said, now, it was an unusual thing uh, for that to happen. He said, Joseph was a just man. It was unusual. This is God dealing with Joseph and Mary, right? In that time, the birth of Jesus, that Joseph, everybody all right? Hang with me now, just for a minute here. He said, that was an unusual thing. And, and it was unusual. God is unusual. That's, I'm glad a prophet said that. And the unusual is hard to understand. That's why it's so hard to understand truth today. It is unusual. And a woman to have a baby without knowing a man, that was very unusual. God is not obligated to do things in a normal way. God is not obligated to do things that are politically correct. God is not obligated to do everything that people will agree with. But if you're honest and sincere, and, and Brother Bram talks about Joseph in this quote, and it's really an interesting thing how he deals with Joseph there because it's a secondary way. A dream is a secondary way. Uh, but he says, uh, you know, th- that is a way that God will use. And depending on what he has available to use, God will use it. And he said, Joseph was an honest and sincere man. He said, if you are that way, God can appear to you yet in a dream. And it goes to show that anything you have, whether it's your mind, whether you can whistle, sing, testify, or whatever, if your whole being is committed to God, God can use it if you'll just let him do it. God will use whatever you give him. It goes to show that whatever it is, he says we need to offer that to God and just be committed to God and be sincere in doing that, just like Joseph. And he's about to do something that's according to the word, like Old Testament law, because he knows that Mary is in a place where, I mean, it's too unusual for him to believe that uh, you know Mary would actually have a child without knowing a man, and that's too unusual. So he falls back on the word. You can't fault Joseph for that. That's the right thing to do. That's the right attitude to take. It's not the right attitude to doubt God, but he, he's, he's doing things, and the Bible calls him a just man. 
right? And, and so God comes to him because he's doing what he knows to be right, but he's out of season. We've moved into a new season now, and you know what? The Savior is going to be born, and I'm not sure whether you read that part of Isaiah, but it says a virgin shall conceive. And no doubt Joseph read that, but he did not apply it to the time he's living in. Everyone in Israel knew that one day the Messiah would come. Everybody in Israel knew that the Messiah would come this way because Isaiah's quotation was widely spread. A virgin shall conceive. But my goodness, in our time, in our age, my fiancé? Come on. Really? But what you want to do is just give, give what you have to God. Just be honest and sincere. Give what you have to God and just let God deal with that. Let God work with that. All right? Now, all right, I'm leading somewhere now. In the message, Inspiration, Brother Branham says, the woman, she realized that Elijah, this is the Shunammite woman who built a little house for Elijah. She realized that Elijah was a servant of God. And when he would come by, she'd always try to be doing him a little favor and try to be kind to him. Then he stops. He says, and if there's anything that we ought to be, it is kind to one another. If there's anything you ought to be to one another, it's kind to one another. When you see a brother or sister in fault, I stop the quote right there. Because I want you in your mind to fill it in. I know most of you are thinking, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. No, I'm only joking. It's all right, guys. When you see your brother or sister in fault, what should we do? Remember now, we're talking about adoption here and doing things like the father would do. When you see a brother or sister in fault, don't never breathe it to nobody. Brother Branham's testimony, and his son tells it, Brother Billy Paul, he said the great, one of the greatest miracles about Brother Branham was that you never knew who his enemies were. So in other words... He knew so much about so many people, but didn't blab it. He didn't let it slip. He didn't do the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the common statement that we say, now listen, I've got to tell you something, now don't tell anybody. Because that's your surefire way of spreading it around all of, all of the kingdom, right? When you tell somebody, don't tell it. But when you see a brother or sister in fault, don't never breathe it to nobody. Keep it to yourself and pray for that person. Be kind to them. And if the Spirit of God is in you, then you will be kind to one another. Jesus said, I come to do thy will, Father. Now, if a person's proud and arrogant and they feel like they're right and they don't need to make anything right uh, and everybody else is wrong and if everybody gets their act together, my goodness, I'll finally be happy then you know what? There's really not a whole lot you can do with people who have that attitude. There's really not a whole lot you can do. But when a person has the Spirit of Christ, they're going to come humbly, they're going to come softly, and they're going to try to do whatever they can to be kind to that person, even if that person's wronged them. We're going to work at not leaving that person out. We're going to work at uh, saying the right thing. And somebody would have a very, very difficult time drawing out of you the complaints about this other person. And then Brother Branham says, now, and we are about the master's business as he was about the father's business. So to me, people who are going through the process of adoption, and that's all of us, we have to be about the master's business and doing what 
God would have us to do. Lord, what is your priority for me? And what is the, what's the goal you have for me today? And, what, and based on this decision, what should I do? And, and that's, that's kind of the attitude that we should take on a daily basis. And the same spirit that he had to begin, that he had to begin the works of the Father and to finish the atonement, to make a way that we could carry the message. If that spirit in you, sorry, it's a long sentence, but I didn't say it. If that spirit's in you, you'll have that same attitude towards people. Let me repeat that again. And the same spirit that he had to begin the works of the Father and finish the atonement, to make a way that we could carry the message, if that spirit's in you, you will have the same attitude towards people. Jesus did everything, everything that culminated in a sacrifice of his own life so that the Spirit of God could come back upon us to make a way that we could carry the message. And we could be totally atoned for. We could be totally redeemed. And if that spirit's in you, you'll have the same attitude towards people. So in other words, if there's a situation where there's a lack of reconciliation, we would be looking for or studying for a way that we could bring harmony back into this situation rather than... Every church split has happened because people stood on the grounds that I'm right, they're wrong. There are extremely few uh, church problems that exist because people disagree over doctrine. Well, I think the seven seal open, I think it's not. Very, very few. Most issues are personnel issues. They're issues where people have disagreements or feelings are hurt or whatever else. Brother Bram said, and, and listen, this is challenging. I read this today and I thought, wow. This really is quite challenging because if, and he's, he's using this conditional statement, if we have the Spirit of Christ, then this is what you're going to be doing. If we have the Spirit of Christ, this is how you're going to treat people. We're going to be kind to them. And we're going to do what we can to, to have the same attitude towards people that we're going to be doing the works of the Father and we're going to do everything we can to uh, make, make things that are out of balance, balance. We're going to make things that are out of whack, back into whack. We're going to, we're going to do everything that we can uh, to, to reconcile, to make harmony, to go on. I may never agree with somebody fully, 100%, like their view of something and my view of something. It may not, never be the same. But you know what? I can still wash your feet at foot washing. I can still sit next to you and not cringe the whole service. We can still shake hands. We might have disagreements, but you know what? We can shake hands. Yeah, exactly. Don't get carried away. <clears throat> no matter... Watch out. It's, it's, sorry, it's a long sentence here. Trying to do what you can to help them, no matter who they are or where they are. No matter who they are or where they are, you'll try to help those people. That's kind of strong, but that's truth. Now let me ask you a question. In, in this statement here, do you see any room for somebody who made a mistake but then corrected that mistake? They're doing better now? And then we should have a spirit of forgiveness of those people? And say, you know what, they messed up back here, but you know what, they're doing better. And, and you know what, that's, that's worthy of uh, recognition. Yeah. Noah, is it all right if I tell the folks what I told you the other day? It is okay? And I, we were up at Jason's Deli. And we were having lunch. And we were sitting there, and I, I haven't often been to Jason's Deli uh, lately. Uh, and just because I haven't. But Brother jo- we were celebrating Brother Johnny's birthday, right? Brother Johnny, thank God for another birthday, right? And uh, so somebody said, hey, we're going up to Jason's Deli. And I looked over, and here's 
Noah there with his new suit on and all snazzed up and dressed up and, you know, uh, uh, fellowshipping with the uh, young folks. And, and I, I, I walked up to him afterwards in the parking lot here and I said, I was just so proud of looking at you today. And I said, this always was not the way that it was. But I said, I was so blessed to see you there today. And I said, there's been a real change in you. And I said, I can see that. And I'm very proud of that. And I said, you know what? It just really struck me. And he made the right response. He said the right thing. He said, hey, hey. And this is the way Noah talks to me. He said, hey. He said, we thank the Holy Ghost, not me. Sometimes, people, you, sometimes you'll get offended. Now, there's a lot of what I just said, and I hope you read into it the right things there. But I will just say this. Uh, I see in this here, if we're about the master's business, Jesus hung on a cross he didn't belong on and asked God to forgive him. Ask God to forgive the people who put him there. That's somebody who doesn't hold grudges. That's somebody who moves on. As somebody who realized there's something bigger at stake here than just how I feel today. Are we okay? I think, and this is me, I think when it comes to dealing with issues, especially uh, in trying to do things the Father's way, and when I look at the life of Jesus and how he expressed himself, the thing that we need to pray for, first of all, is to ask God to heal us inwardly. And, and not just on the outside and say, praise God, you know, this is this, and, and I'll be praying for you. And a lot, there's a lot of things that we say, and we're all guilty. If we all do it. We all, you know, use those words lightly. But there's, there's a, a real work that the Holy Spirit wants to do inside of every one of us that's deeply personal. And, and to me, that's, that's the thing we should be praying for. Lord... I've held on to things for a long time. I've had attitudes for a long time, and I, I want to see them go. I want, to, I want to leave them behind. I don't want to be dragged down. I don't want to have it like a, a, a someone, I don't know who was telling me yesterday, but they said that, uh, oh, it was, it was Sister Whitlock. She said that uh, when she was growing up, they had a, uh, in, in order to keep the, the horse around, they had a horse, they, they had a, a cinder block, and the, the horse could drag the cinder block around and go to a new patch of grass, but he couldn't run off because the cinder block was too clumsy a thing to deal with. And I, I, I just I said that because I don't want to have a cinder block hanging off me so I can't move at the speed of God. I want to move the way and the when and the where God wants me to go. And I don't want to have hindrances there. And so, Lord, whatever they are, their attitudes or their thoughts or feelings about other people or whatever else, you know what, there's a whole lot that I can't do to change anybody else. And I have enough trouble changing myself. So I'm going to ask you, Lord, to do that work in me first. I'm not, trying, I'm not seeking, putting my energy into changing other people. I'm going to ask you to do that work in me first. Secondly, I'm going to try to change what I can. And that does not mean other people. I'm going to try to change what I can. When God identifies something in my life that I need to change, I'm going to ask him to give me the wisdom and the insight to work on that so that I don't have to deal with that over and over again. I'm going to change what I can. There are some things that you can change. Uh, I've got some statements up here where Brother Branham talks about things that you can do. And, and 
it, it'd be like, hey, if I, had a, if I had a problem with blood pressure and I was eating a party-sized bag of sour cream and onion chips every day, uh, I could come to the altar and ask God to lower my blood pressure, or I could do something about it with him. Well, it's funny how you all understand what that actually means. It, it, in a sense, we're asking God to do what we don't want to do. We don't want to have the discipline to change. We don't want to get down to it, roll up our sleeves and change. But you know what? There are some things that you can do. And I got a quote here where Brother Bram said you're morally obligated to do it. You're morally obligated to apply yourself and change. So all you coffees better listen up here because that's a, that's a plague that runs through our family. But I will tell you something. I want to change what I can. I don't want to, again, I don't want to spend my energy trying to change someone else. I don't want to put my energy in the change of my wife. I don't want to put my energy in the change in people who don't like me. I don't want to drive them further away. I don't want to try to fix them. I want to say, Lord, help me identify, help me identify, and help me know how to change the things that I can. Thirdly, you should thank God for grace and extend the same. This is what God roused me up this morning to say to you, that really... Really, there are some things that you're never going to change about anybody else. It's not your role. It's not your, uh, it's not your domain. It's not the thing that God's called you to do. Right? God's called you to make your calling and election. Sure, God's called you uh, to stand solid on the Word of God. God's called you to live for Him and to, uh, to walk with Him and have faith in Him and so forth. God's called you to do certain things. But I don't find anywhere where God, God's called me to impose behavior modifications on anybody else except little children. I'm an ambassador, so I have rules that I've got to pass on to you because they're given to me, so I've got to pass on the spirit of the rod and spoil the child. Sorry. But I will tell you what. <clears throat> I, I, what, I, what, I'm, what I really want to do is what these three things tell me here, and that is I want to ask God to do that healing work inside of me so I don't carry around bitterness. I don't carry around that cinder block of pride. So I don't carry around that cinder block of jealousy. And I don't carry around a self-righteous cement block. And I don't carry around an arrogant or proud cinder block. I don't carry around any of those things. But Lord, I'm asking you to set me free of those things. And then I'm going to look around and say, Lord, help me change what I can so I can reflect you better to this dying generation. Help me just to do what you want me to do. Not just worked up here in a moment, but I want to do what you want me to do. And then thirdly, I just never want to forget. Like Moses told the people here, don't you ever forget. God's called you out like no other nation. God's led you like no other people. Don't you ever forget what God's done for you. And let me tell you, saints of God, in the old, in the, that's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, God has done something for us because the wild card is grace. God has not, God has not done something for you because, uh, you're pretty, you got, you got it together and you haven't missed a day of church and you've been to Sunday school every session. That's not why God favors you. It's His grace. At the end of the day, it's just His grace. And you know what? He hasn't destroyed you and He hasn't forgotten you and He hasn't forsaken you only because of His grace. And therefore, because you have received such grace, be quick to extend grace to other people. Because you know what? You're capable of making mistakes. So are other people. You can recover from the mistakes. So can other people. And you need to be careful before you open your mouth and say, Lord, do the healing work inwardly first. Help me change what I can. And let me extend all the grace that I can. Let's stand to our feet.
Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace. Grace that caught my falling soul. It's grace that makes a difference in our lives. Let's sing it this evening here. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was Washed from his men. 
Father, as we bow in your presence tonight, Lord, and I feel that your presence is rather close. And in that presence, Lord, we invite you to search our hearts. There are things that we can say and things that we can do and things that we can be determined to change. But Lord, it's really your work, it's your presence that brings lasting change into our lives. You're the one who makes us new creatures. And that really doesn't stop. It doesn't happen just in one day. It it goes on and on until, Lord, we become mature creatures in Christ. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to deal with our hearts, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would continue to deal with our young people. I pray that you would continue to deal with our families. May, Lord, you be the healer, the one who pours oil on troubled waters. That, Lord, you would be the one that touches hearts and, like Job said, he maketh my heart soft. Do that among us, Lord, I pray. And, Father, as we close our service tonight, can't help but think about the people, Lord, who live in the path of this great storm, Lord, that strikes the earth. Father God, I pray for their safety. I pray, Lord, that no other believer would lose their lives. I pray that no other person would lose their lives. But our, our prayer, Lord, would be that that storm would cease. And Lord, you'd allow them to begin to somehow pull the pieces back together that they can live a normal life. Lord, be merciful to them. Help us to do whatever we can do under your inspiration to make their lives a little easier. We look for you, to you, Lord, for help in doing that. And in the name of Jesus now, I commit the people into your hands, Lord. Bless our weekend, our activities, Lord, our dinner on Saturday. And I, I just, I just want to thank you, Lord, for our church and what it means to all of us. Have your way, we pray. And may we leave here tonight blessed because you came. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He has forgiven me and my sins have been washed from his memory. Sing it as you go tonight. 